The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. video was pulled off of YouTube, the largest video hosting site in the world. It wasn't an accident. YouTube admitted doing it. The company cited a violation of, quote, community guidelines, and they did not apologize. Looking back when all of this is finally over, and it will be, it's likely we'll see this moment, what YouTube just did, as a turning point in the way we live in this country, a sharp break with 250 years of law and custom. Is that hyperbole or an overstatement from Tucker Carlson? I don't know. It's a pretty big deal. We played clips, when was it, last week, of the California doctors. Didn't we? Is that when we first Mm -hmm. got them on the air? Yeah, I think it was at the end of last week. And uh, YouTube has pulled them down. The parent company of YouTube, of course, being Google, saying they violate community standards and or were were help putting out information that goes against the WHO information that's out there which is hilarious but more on that in a second if you don't remember what the doctors had to say let's revisit that a little bit how about uh, starting with 51 We aren't pressured to test for flu, but ER doctors now, my friends that I talk to say, you know, it's interesting when I'm when I'm writing up my death report, I'm being pressured to add covid. Why is that? Why are we being pressured to add covid? To maybe increase the numbers and make it look a little bit worse than it is? I think so. These videos uh, uh, by these doctors in California had been been seen millions and millions and millions of times and then shared millions and millions and millions of times. And YouTube decided to take them down because they said things like that. We're being pressured to write in that 
this patient died of COVID. We never get pressure like that with anything else. What is going on there? That's the sort of information we need to hear. I think uh, 54 and 55 back-to-back really are the message that got everybody's eyes and ears. Sean, can you hit those? Is the flu less dangerous than COVID? Let's look at the death rates. No, it's not. They're similar in prevalence and in death rate. So we are saying that our response now, now that we know the facts, it's time to get back to work. I say, do we need to still shelter in place? Our answer is emphatically no. Do we need businesses to be shut down? Emphatically, no. Do we need to have? Do we need to test them and get them back to work? Yes, we do. And because they were saying things that go against the WHO, the World Health Organization's guidelines for the world on this pandemic, that's the reasoning Google used for pulling these videos down, even though these are doctors looking at the science, treating the patients. Now, the videos from the WHO in which they say things we know are lies about Mm -hmm. China are Mm -hmm. still on YouTube. Those get to stay up. I want to make something clear. I watched those videos. I read a fair amount of criticism about them. I think there are some flaws in the reasoning, but this is not about that. No, it's not. I didn't agree with everything they said. This is about YouTube and Google. And and how many times do we have to report this sort of story? There was one just a few days ago. When you allow them the censor's power, they do it horribly, and they do it in service to their overlords, which is frequently the Chinese. No, I didn't agree with everything they said. Yeah, the frightening, the frightening part is because you have some doctors saying something different than what Dr. Fauci is saying, you get your video pulled off of YouTube? Oh, my God. Right. And, they, again, they leave the WHO crap up. Yeah, they departed from the party ideology. That's a very dangerous thing to do. So so part of this is YouTube managing at scale. They've, they've gone through a lot of um, phony cures, and they've demonetized the vast majority of any video that has to do with coronavirus. Um, and as a default, because they, these tech companies, they don't want to be the ones to decide. They often try to figure out, well, if the government says, then we'll do this. But YouTube decided that they will use the who's guidelines as the thing that they will just kind of benchmark stuff against. And if it goes against that, then we'll take it down. Um, and that that is flawed in in many ways. I'm just trying to give fuller sure. context to what's sure. going on. Yeah, well, well that, it reminds me of, of Twitter uh, the other day who uh, fact-checked. The idea that the uh, Chinese bat death came from that lab in Wuhan and found it false and so blocked those tweets and the rest of it. Then it turns out their fact checkers were on the take. It's it's a great example, what you just laid out, of why it gets so difficult so fast when you start censoring anything. Yeah, It's exactly like those guidelines we played from, was it YouTube or Twitter or whoever? Oh, no, that was Facebook about Facebook, the, the breastfeeding about, stuff. About nipples. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and it started with you can't have nipples, and then breastfeeding advocates complained, and then you had people breastfeeding 10-year-olds, and is that some sort of weird porn, or is that it's health and science? And it just got really complicated really fast. So they decide, okay, we're going to go with official government guidelines. If it's not that, mm-hmm. we won't allow it, because people are saying all kinds of weird stuff on YouTube. Well, okay, well, it turns out the WHO are a bunch of liars and getting paid off by the Chinese, so going by their guidelines might not be the best idea. I liked how some of the social media tried to crowdsource it for a while, where if you get a certain number of complaints or or reports on a tweet, it gets taken down, and 
it took you know the Twitterverse about five seconds to realize, oh, wait a minute, I can just report this uh, opinion I disagree with as being somehow scandalous or horrific, and they'll take it down. So I will censor them that way, and people abuse the hell out of it immediately. It's the classic, the, is the cure worse than the disease? Which, uh, I don't know, that's the best metaphor when you're dealing with an dis- actual disease. Um <laughs> But obviously, the idea of a couple of doctors presenting their point of view in reality is a good part of a conversation in an open society. Beyond a doubt, nobody could argue with that. How scary is it that we even have to point that out and repeat what I would think people would know already? And that's if you if you post that video, people watch it and then somebody persuasive and smart comes along and says, yeah, their their reasoning has this flaw and this flaw, and the reality is this. Everybody is so much the smarter than if you just had our censors take it down for us. I mean, come on. But so what they're trying to avoid is if you have somebody, some Dr. Oz type on there, quack, saying quack, uh, quack, quack. rubbing shoe polish on your forehead makes you um, uh, you know, resistant to COVID. And they think, well, that's going to hurt people. That's that's obviously not true. So, Governor Northam of Virginia is going to claim, yeah, when I was blackface, yeah, and blank, that was I was trying to get rid of. A, yeah, Maybe anyway. that was a bad example. <laughs> no, I just, it's fine. You're you're doing a Michael Jackson thing. But you can you still moonwalk? <laughs> <laughs> Never forget, uh, honey. I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, my um, wife says it's not a good idea because I was about to. <laughs> they actually pulled down the doctors with the five million views. I mean, that's just astounding. Yeah. Now they aren't, it did not comport with the company line. They're a private company. They get to do whatever they want. They can decide they don't want anybody with blonde hair on their videos if they want. Mm. Um, that's a good point. That's that's part of the difficulty with uh, the. the where we are currently, where we're Google and YouTube are so huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, I guess the idea is that over time, a, uh, a counterbalance to that would rise up. Uh, it hasn't happened yet to Facebook or YouTube. Right. Right. Well, I just want people to know these companies are gigantic. They are frequently wrong. They have an awful tendency toward kowtowing to the powerful and evil. Because the, you know, the government of the United States might regulate and tax and that sort of thing, but they're not going to do anything truly horrendous to Google or Apple or Facebook or any of your tech supergiants. But the evil communist Chinese will. And so they bend to the Chinese will. And just want people to be aware of that before you, you know, accept them as this, oh, the Google with the, with the pretty colors in their logo and the cartoons. They're a giant evil conglomerate. I was thinking, Hear them. Google it. I was thinking about this last night. We're in the unfortunate, unfortunate worst part of the 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 internet coming on the scene. I do believe that at this moment, the internet is a net negative for society. It wasn't in the beginning. I don't think it will be in the future. But hmm. right now, where we are, I think it is a net negative for society in the way that the printing press was a net negative for society shortly after it came on the scene. In the very beginning, it seemed great. Then pretty soon, all of a sudden, people were bringing pamphlets to towns that were full of crap about right. witch, about witches and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And people assumed it was true because everything else they'd ever read in their lives was true because there were gatekeepers, just like we had gatekeepers for newspapers or whatever. We assumed things on the Internet must have gatekeepers. Turns out it doesn't. We're in that unfortunate period where we, we haven't caught on to the lack of gatekeepers and some sort of trusted sites 
you know, uh, develop over time that we look to and we ignore the other crap. Mm-hmm. That's what will happen, just like with the printing press. Eventually, some newspapers got some credibility. Okay, I'll look at that. I'll read that. I'm not going to just take the pamphlet you hand to me on the dirt road into town. And, and go burn a witch. And go burn a witch. Right. Wow, so you have optimism. This is not like you. Are you back on the sauce? I just or, wonder uh... <laughs> I just wonder how long it will take for society to, to figure this out and, to some, and, for, and for some trusted sites or counter views to rise up to challenge what currently exists it's one of the great questions of our age who knows eventually or never because google crushed them and but mark zuckerberg will buy them there's nobody in 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 an office at google that was willing to raise their hand and say we can't take down the videos because they're going counter to the who everybody knows the who is full of crap there's nobody in in an office at google that would say that apparently not uh, not powerful enough, not heard. They're afraid of going against the group think like that, uh, poor, uh, James, what's his name? Uh, the engineer yeah, who I, said, look, a lot of your enlightenment policies are not fact-based and they're wrong. I think there are a lot fewer people in rooms having meetings discussing these things at tech companies than we would assume. So how did this get pulled down? This surely wasn't just purely an algorithm with a video this popular. Uh, well, it's not simply algorithms, but a lot of it is user-driven. Users flag videos, then they get sent up the food chain. Um, and that food chain is also an algorithm. And if it gets up to the point where, oh, this is counter to what the who is saying, and we have already established the who is our guidelines. The more I think about it, the more maddening it is. You've got some doctors that are arguing for we shouldn't have society locked down this way. The virus right. isn't as bad as people are saying. Whether you agree with them or not, good God, is there a more important conversation in America, maybe in the world, right now? Mm-hmm. No. And they have some legitimate input on that, and they got pulled down by Google. Well, and any time the giant, connected, and powerful, and, and the government say, well, it, it just happens to be a, an opinion that is resisting the giant, connected, and powerful in government that is uh, that must be taken down for the good of the public, for their moral health. I suggest you all tread very, very carefully when yeah. you're doing that. It's like the point you were making about uh, the California Highway Patrol said they won't issue any more permits uh, protesting against government policy because it would be too dangerous. No, 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 no. That is the single last thing you can do in a free society. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The government has declared them essential. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Swedish ambassador has now said that Stockholm could achieve herd immunity by May. Yeah, and herd immunity is when so many people have immunity that the disease can't spread as easily anymore. It's sort of like when so many of your friends have watched a bad TV show that it spares you from having to feel the pain for yourself. Mm. Mm. They seem to be struggling, the comedians of America. Um. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, I had a terrible eating day yesterday. Really just lost all sense of proportion and balance. I don't know. <laughs> you hate to lose your sense of proportion. <laughs> I, 
know. I don't know what happened. I was just thinking, you know, this coffee is really a tasty beverage. I don't know if you've all tried this coffee, but man, it's really delicious. But uh, my yeah, so, but uh, I was thinking, am I drinking? No, my coffee's okay, but my eating just, just what? I don't know. I feel like I feel like I personally need to rescue the fast food re- industry during this <laughs> coronavirus shutdown. So one man stimulus package. Jack, you need to get hip to some of the new uh, brands and styles of sweatpants that are coming in. Ah, yes, that is what I need. New trends in advertising and marketing. Um, uh, On television, brands are switching to reassuring platitudes, telling viewers, we're in this together. Or in touching words of one toilet paper company, together we'll keep America rolling. Uh, blah blah blah. You don't have to do some sort of sappy, we're in this together to sell me comfortable pants. Right. Right, yeah. Uh, let's see. So just, they're talking just, about to sell me. I've given up pants. Yeah, there's this analysis I'm looking at from the Washington Post about advertising trends. This is not the first time companies have had to navigate an economic downturn or national tragedy. After 9/11, many switched to serious, patriotic, or sensitive ads, or avoided advertising at all. I think and yeah. to people like us that went on way too long. I think you're overthinking it, advertisers, and I mean it's it's really hurting the radio business and the TV business. So I have a personal interest, but I think you're you're overthinking it. You're too sensitive. People are not going to say, "Oh my God, I can't believe they're still advertising whatever during this." People, normal people, are not going to feel that way. No, the only people who feel that way are the same cranky bastards who complain on nextdoor.com. You don't want them for a the, customer anyway. Yeah. Why are there so many red cars in this neighborhood? Red is an offensive color. I, can't, I mean, that's the sort of people who complain about that sort of thing. I can't believe Firestone's still advertising tires during this. Ter- you know, people nah, still need tires. Shut up. Exactly. And, hey, uh, you know, I've been meaning to say this for days. There are a lot of uh, great sponsors who are hanging with the, yep. the Armstrong and Getty Show and We've been whatever fabulous radio station you're listening to. And and listen, these are the companies that have decided to support something you like and have decided they want to do business with you. So it would be enormously gratifying uh, to us and in our industry if you would uh, take note of, of what fine folks have hung around and are, are advertising. Uh, so, yeah, quit overthinking it, advertisers, and people are still out there. They're still spending a lot of money in spite of the contraction of the economy. They are still spending money uh, on plenty of different things. Let's see. That's, ah, that's, I've lost interest in this. So I go through the fast food window yesterday. You know, I've been talking about how it's all a charade, the whole gloves thing, um, uh, because they're grabbing everybody's credit card and uh, with the same gloves on. So, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but there's no need to wear the gloves. You're not fooling me. Unless, unless you're doing it for you, that, that's fine. But you're not, you're not helping me any. But guy yesterday had one glove on. So he took the credit card in the gloved hand, then passed it to his ungloved hand and ran it through the thing, then put it back in his gloved hand to stick it out the window. <laughs> the one glove look hasn't been popular since I was around. Ew. Not sure you understand the point of the gloves, sir. I don't understand the point of the gloves. Somebody wears those damn gloves and, and conducts 50 transactions and then touches my stuff with them? What good does that do me? Nothing. Or is that for them? Well, I don't know. Who's I, it for? Well, I think they're doing it to make you feel safer at the grocery store, at the fast food restaurant, whatever. But it's, it's, a, it's, no, a, ho- it's a hoax, no. as Trump would say. It's a hoax. Uh, it's fake news. I don't get one person's goo on my credit card now. I get 100 people's goo. How is yeah. that helpful? Thank you. Or if it's to protect them, I get it, I guess. Um, uh, economic news that came out today, we probably ought to mention to you. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Los Angeles Lakers reportedly qualified for almost $5 million from a federal government program created to provide relief to small businesses. Meanwhile, the New York Knicks qualified for federal disaster relief. <laughs> <laughs> Finally a joke that's funny. Um, I, I, I still yeah, don't, boo, uh, Lakers, boo! I still don't quite get how Harvard and the L.A. Lakers are fitting in on uh, to this thing, that there wasn't a way to write that, that companies like that didn't make the cut. But anyway... Yeah. Yeah, Harvard was actually a college program, but they didn't need the money anyway. Well, yeah, but don't, don't you have to write in a except for people who have $40 billion already? Right, right. Um, uh, enough to make you a Clippers fan. Um, so the, the big financial news today is the first quarter officially shrunk the economy. Nobody was surprised by that. It was moving down. Moving down 4.8%. It's officially the end of the longest expansion in our economy in our nation's history. It's now shrinking. It's next quarter that they think is going to be disastrous. I mean, this one is bad, shrinking 4.8%, and any normal time would be the headline with people saying, oh, my God, what has happened? But we're expecting to be even worse next time. For instance, Ford expects to lose about $5 billion for the quarter ending in June, the next quarter. And that is... I'm sorry, it sounded like you said $5 billion with and that, a B. And that is twice what the analysts expected a couple of days ago. So that's how much it's changed in that amount of time. Yikes. Yeah. So there you go. Analysts got to do better analyzing. That's that. It's surprising us like that. Welcome to... Hey, Michael, just get ready to play some uh, sort of theme music. I don't care. Welcome to Joe Getty's Notes from All Over. Notes from All Over. Fantastic. It has theme music? Notes from All Over. <laughs> what? Wow. What? Old-timey. I love this one. It is uh, jaunty and old-timey. Reminds one of simpler times when there weren't cures for any diseases. (laughs) (laughs) Not just this one. The simplest scrape on your finger might kill you. So this is uh, amusing. Simpler times. (laughs) (laughs) Where a simple toothache could put you in the grave. And some guy would kneel on your chest with a pair of pliers and yank it out of your head while you scream. That reminds me of a philosophical experiment I heard about yesterday. I'll I'll present that to you coming up. But first, notes from around the world, or whatever this is. (laughs) So, uh, one of the big polling companies in uh, Russia uh, did a a survey and said that trust in Putin had reached a 13-year low of uh, about 32%. Uh, the Kremlin uh, sent a message to them that they thought there were flaws in their methodology, which is the sort of thing that you hear from the Kremlin. And they said, yeah, 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 we uh, we reassessed. Yeah, it's actually 73%. I can't, we got the numbers flipped around. Yeah. Did I say yeah, 37, not, I meant 73. Not 32, 73. Um, yeah, yeah. Wrong algorithm. Sorry, Putin. <laughs> I can't you, believe uh, that they got that. Printed in, uh, Can you or published stop in turning Russia? that vice handle, please? My head's beginning to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they even got that printed in Russia or got that yeah, information out or thought it would be a good idea. I guess you're a brave patriot. Do you think it's a good idea? Yeah. Yep. Meanwhile, in uh, in Greece, a, a Greek scientist is wondering out loud and getting a fair amount of attention, a cardiologist, for asking uh, why is it that most of my customers or my uh, patients who are smokers are actually not more likely to die of Chairman Xi's Chinese bat fever? They're less likely. Huh. My smokers are doing better. Yes, finally, good news for smokers. 
Uh, and he's they've really been due. Yeah, they they have been on a losing streak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and listen, I have not independently verified any of this crap. So don't drink any bleach. Don't inject any you know Clorox, and don't take up smoking. Now, who that that message for for people too stupid to to comprehend those words anyway? So why bother? But anyway, so whoa. this this well this guy this cardiologist um and and his specialty is uh is uh getting people to not smoke he's been wondering if nicotine the chemical you know we know what nicotine is could prevent people from getting covid-19 or stopping the symptoms from becoming worse he hasn't drawn any conclusions yet but his prevailing hypothesis is essentially that nicotine has certain anti-inflammatory effects huh. And the most severe COVID-19 symptoms seem to come from that overreaction of the body's immune system that you've heard about, the cytokine storm. And and they're thinking that smoking, which is still the leading, leading cause of preventable death in the world, uh, may have some, uh, you know, helping role. Awesome. But nobody's really sure. Did you hear Armstrong and Getty today? Yeah, Joe Getty said smoking is basically a cure-all for the COVID-19. Right, that's exactly what I said. And I tell you what, if, uh, if, if the smoking leaves your mouth dry, just swig down a bunch of bleach <laughs> to wet your whistle. All right, listen, I have some uh, notes from all over in the United States, including the very interesting case of South Dakota. Um, in just a moment. First, My home quick... state. That's right, Huron, beautiful Huron. It's gorgeous this time of year. Uh, so, uh, our good friends, our sponsors at Simply Safe want you to know that U.S. News and World Report named Simply Safe the best overall home security of 2020. So this isn't like a weird, cheap alternative to the traditional, expensive, contract-laden home security thing. This is better. They finally made it easy to get comprehensive protection for your home at Simply Safe. No technician or salesperson needs to come to your home and disrupt your life. You don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees or sign a two-year contract like you do with a lot of these. You just order it online, you set it up yourself in under an hour, and your home is protected 24-7 with emergency dispatch for break-ins, fire, and more. And you do that for about 50 cents a day. It's amazing. Now, after the $400 installation, nope, you do it yourself, and it's easy, and it works. Go to simplysafe.com. Simply is S-I-M-P-L-I. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Oh, you got to know the code. Free shipping, 60-day risk-free trial. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Now, South Dakota. Whoops, that's the wrong one. Uh, Here it is, South Dakota. The governor, and and this uh, COVID thingy, it's exposing governors. Sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. Sometimes it's showing their weaknesses. Sometimes people are saying, well, you know, our governor's uh, pretty much a sharp person. Christy Noam of uh, South Dakota. One of your more attractive governors. Yes. Yes, a cutie. Um, got pushed back originally for letting the citizens of her state, and, you know, South Dakota isn't even a million people, but, you know, it's a fair number of people, uh, letting them decide on their own whether to follow her suggestions as to social distancing and other things. No big giant uh, shutdown. And she says, despite her state remaining free of those lockdown, shutdown, stay-at-home orders, um, the significant surge in virus cases projected by various predictive models failed to materialize. She said, I think we've got maybe 60 people in the hospital right now. We have 2,500 beds set aside for COVID-19 patients, but we have only 63 in the hospital. 
We've already cut our peak projections by 75%, just putting in the play, in place the recommendations I've asked people to do. Staying at home, practicing social distancing. They've washed their hands. They've stayed at home if they weren't feeling well, called their doctors, avoided crowds. Just by doing that, we've cut the hospitalization rates by 75%. Make sure there's at least two buffalo widths between you. <laughs> it's a South Dakota way of measurement. <laughs> Is it really? Ah, uh, let's see. Uh, for me personally, she says, I took an oath to uphold our state constitution. I took an oath when I was in Congress to uphold the United States Constitution. So I believe in people's freedoms and liberties, and I always balance that with every decision I make as governor. I get overly concerned with leaders who take too much power in a time of crisis because I think that's how we directly lose our country someday, by leaders overstepping their proper role. Well, I have a new hero, my friends. Can't wait till the data's all in and they get this all figured out. Decide, uh, you know, who overreacted and underreacted. Oh, you know, we ought to talk about Justin Amash is probably going to be the libertarian uh, candidate for president. But uh, on a libertarian note, I love this, too. I trust my people. I know that I know that if business owners here are given an opportunity to be innovative, they will protect their customers. They will take actions and change business models to make sure their employees are safe, that they can practice social distancing while still serving their customers. I knew I had to give them an opportunity to survive, fiscally speaking. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Uh, maybe we'll feature a little more of her interview coming up, but uh, the momentum is absolutely building in most of the country to find sensible ways to get the economy going again. But there are a few exceptions, like the Bay Area, California, where the do-gooder, utopian, way, way lefty people, not a coincidence, I don't think either, have said, no, nope, no, nope, we're going to totally lock down uh, through the end of May. Yes, we are, without justifying it. The the dispatch is making the argument today, and I'm sure it's true, that part of it is uh, what your guidelines are, and part of it is your willingness to enforce it. For instance, they cite Idaho, where they have not said you should open bars. It's expected that bars will be among the last things to reopen. But in Officially. Idaho, officially, yeah. but Idaho has said no bars are supposed to be closed, but they're not going to like heavily enforce it. If you decide you're going to open your, you know, your pub, we're not going to come in there with the cops, so... We'd rather you didn't, but we're not going to. So that that's also out there. Right. Uh, how strictly. You know, why a blanket th- order for bars? I've spent a lot of time in bars. They vary a lot. They vary from you're, you're not only shoulder to shoulder, you're chest to chest. It's so crowded in there, which obviously would be a huge risk, too. There hasn't been two people within six feet of each other in this bar since the 50s. <laughs> right. Exactly. I've been to a lot of those bars, so. Why yeah. they would have the same rule is beyond me. Yeah, that's the kind I like. Yeah, oh, the kind yeah. nobody else likes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, emptier uh, one, the better. It's happy one, hour. Nobody looks happy. One more quick note from all over. Houston, <clears throat> Houston is looking at closing their seventeen million dollar tent hospital that did not see a single patient. How and much listen, money? Listen, government gets screamed at for under-preparing, then they get screamed at for over-preparing. And I'm not going to pile on because nobody knew quite what to do with this. But $17 million wow. temporary hospital. Um, blah, 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 blah. According to KPRC-TV, the coronavirus hospital could have cost Harris County as much as $60 million, um, although it would likely be around $17 million. That's a lot of money. Even though the facility did virtually nothing, which is why it uh, could be closed. It was originally, you know... Uh, hailed as a testament to ingenuity and speed and action and the rest of it. Uh, it, it 
took just a few days, 250 beds equipped to handle an influx of very sick COVID-19 uh, patients. We don't want to be caught flat-footed, said officials. Well, but, you weren't. Um, they just don't need it. The taxpayer is flat-footed, <laughs> but uh, you were not. Caught flat-broke. Yeah, well, that's something. Oh, and I got this philosophical experiment for you that I came across yesterday that I think is really neat. I'll hit you with that on the way. I love a good philosophical experiment. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Makes a good point. Michael Moore's got a new movie out that the left hates, among other things to talk about on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This morning, parts of the country back in business. Georgia setting the pace with restaurants now welcoming customers to sit down and have a meal. Beauty salons also reopening. California says it's weeks away, not months, from easing restrictions, while New York's governor is also looking for a path forward. This should not be a political discussion. It shouldn't be a philosophical discussion. It shouldn't be because people are protesting. And Simon Property Group, one of the nation's largest mall owners, now says it plans to open 49 of their malls around the country on May 4th. Inez de la Quatera, ABC News, Washington. Uh, uh, philosophical conversation, sometimes uh, very closely related to a legal conversation, I think. Who has the power to do what? I think maybe it should be a philosophical philosophical conversation. What are my rights as a human? And on what living. basis do I give them away? Yeah. And according to whom? Hey, by the way, a quick note. Um, Chris in Colorado, with a great note. He says, it's interesting, the very dictates and reactions, eternally paternalistic New Mexico completely overreacts for a state with one semi-major population center. Colorado and Georgia are running on about the same reopening plan as each other, but the nation's press reaction is amazing. The conservative governor who stole that election from the beloved Stacey Abrams in Georgia is a maniac who is trying to kill all of his people. On the other hand, the lovable progressive gay governor of Colorado isn't even mentioned. His normal inclination is utter paternalism, but because of the independent nature of the average Coloradan, particularly outside the Denver-Boulder metro, is treated to lockdown the same way we look at speed limits. A helpful suggestion. <laughs> We're able to determine how to keep ourselves safe. Thank you very much. That's an that, excellent point right there. Yeah, yeah, nicely done, Chris, in Colorado. Great point. Uh, the Veil of Ignorance coming up in a second. I got mine right here. <laughs> Original name of our show. And then we yeah. thought, yeah, this is turning people away. It's a little on the nose. <laughs> you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned speed limits. There was a driver caught in Michigan over the weekend going 180. I haven't looked up what they're driving. That almost has to be a motorcycle. A car that would go 180 would, that would be a $300,000 car, I would think. How many cars oh. can go 180? You can get a motorcycle that'll go 180 for 10 grand, but. All right. Um, well, they're out there. Those those cars. Oh, yeah, but they're usually pretty dang expensive. Yeah, I'd say. 180. I mean, I assume you'd want a car that not only can go 180, but, you know, is not going to immediately disintegrate and go tumbling down the road at that speed. You know, I'm I'm less curious about the vehicle than the roadway. What road, when? I mean, to go that fast, it has to be very straight and, yeah. and smooth, yeah. or, or you're going to die. For a long way. I don't know if you've ever stood on the uh, turns of a uh, speedway. They're incredibly steeply banked. It's the only way they can do that. 
go sure. around the turns at that speed. So you're going three miles a minute. Yeah, you'd need plenty of space. Boy, that'd really help my commute. <laughs> um, the Veil of Ignorance. So I came across this yesterday in a podcast, and I thought it was pretty interesting. And it's a good way to argue against um, the crowd that is constantly bemoaning how what an awful country we are uh, for all our various, uh, you know, the, how awful it is for this and that. We were America's the most racist country on earth. And it's like it's a thought experiment that I guess Barack Obama mentioned back in the day for for different reasons about creating a society. But here's the here's the way it works is a philosophical uh, experiment. You get to be a human being. And you get to choose where in the world you're going to arrive and when So you get to pick the time period and where. But you don't have any choice of the human being you're going to be. You don't know if you're going to be a white male, a black woman, a handicapped child, a person with, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a Muslim with cancer, you know, whatever your situation is mm. going to be. Right. And of course, the. Uh, you, That's you, too bad. I was going to go with something like uh, Dean Martin, 1961, Geneva, Switzerland. But you don't get to choose. You're going to get okay. to choose who you are. And, uh, you know, some of you are probably jumping ahead to what the point of this is. You almost certainly, and I could, whatever you choose that's not this, I think I could argue it out of it. You would pick the United States now. Without question. With, you know, if you, if you, if you, if you had no control over what, you, who you were going to be to make it the greatest likelihood that you're going to be able to survive and be taken care of and be treated well, you would pick the United States now. And if it, if that is true, and I think it is very arguably true, um, then you know, soften up a little on the "woe is me." That these are such awful, to- awful place to live and awful times to be in. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, oh, psychologists can tell you nothing wrong Whoa. with fighting for better. Nothing wrong with that. But uh, let, let's not like get out of bed every morning. Oh my God, I can't believe in such an awful nation where trans this or whatever you're worried about. Yeah, you know, Victor Davis Hanson just published this essay, and I was going to feature some of it, but it's it's super long, but it's great, and he absolutely lays the wood to that sort of you know uh, environmental gender studies world that existed pre the COVID and was uh, gaining so much currency, and how just utterly dumb and useless it was. But <clears throat> I agree with you completely. Always keep trying to improve the place. That's the nature of this experiment that is the United States of America. Uh, but yeah, when human beings lack problems, they create them because that part of our brain cannot rest. So, you know, just be aware when you're doing it. You know, the, the, the sometimes the whole first world problems thing is, is a little dismissive. Um, but it's absolutely true. Though the person with no real problems will recite a list of their problems to you if provoked. Somebody texted that it was a Tesla Roadster that went 180. They don't have any limiting uh, speed on them. That's surprising to me. I'm for that. Well, I wonder uh, if you can reach in there and uh, rejigger it just a little bit. I don't like Move limiting. that lever from there to there. You need to go as fast as you want. Tesla Roadster, huh? That's, that's, that's cruising 180 in a car. <sighs> Holy cow. I've never come anywhere close to that. What's the fastest you've ever gone? Uh, I may have had three digits. May have had three digits, you child. Sorry. Wow. That's embarrassing. And Getty. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.